0: He turned and said unto them, If any man come to me, and hate not his father, and mother, and wife, and children, and brethren, and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doeth not or doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. And all the children of God said, Amen, O give thanks unto the Lord for his good. For his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemer of the Lord. To be a follower of Jesus in the first century was risky business. Those who followed Jesus faced being jailed or threatened. Some were beaten and others were persecuted. The Hebrew writer in Hebrews chapter 11 listed the cost of discipleship. He he said that some Christians, some followers of Jesus had stopped the mouths of lions. Some of them had quenched the violence of fire. Others had escaped the edge of the sword. Some were stoned, sawed asunder. Others who put their faith in Jesus wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins. Following Jesus in the first century was, it was risky business. And compared to first century Christianity, what we have today is a cakewalk. Uh, And I really want us to understand what Luke is saying, and Matthew also says the very same thing in Matthew 10, verses 34 and following. But if we could go back in time to when Jesus made this statement, a great crowd was following him. And he had told he told parables to the crowd, and one of the parables was about a great banquet that someone invited others to come and 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 the invitation went out, but many individuals made some kind of excuse not to come to the banquet. And and instead of Jesus trying to say things that would increase the crowd, he said some challenging things that might eliminate the crowd. And you and I would probably say that there's strength in numbers and We want quantity. But Jesus was concerned about quality. He wanted to turn the world upside down, but he wanted to turn the world upside down with the right kind of people. Every disciple of Christ is a Christian. But every Christian is not a disciple. Every disciple is a Christian. But every Christian may not be a disciple. You become a Christian by obeying the gospel of Jesus Christ, by being baptized in water for the remission of your sins. You become a Christian when you are born again, when you put the Lord on in baptism. But every Christian is challenged once they are saved to become a disciple of Jesus Christ. And it's risky. It's risky. Business to be a follower of Jesus, to be a student of Jesus. It's, it's risky to, to forsake all and follow Jesus. But the Lord never cut any corners. He never sugarcoated co- uh, sugar anything. He was straight up and told his followers, what the demands of discipleship was all about. If we compare 21st century Christianity to 1st century Christianity, I want you to understand that what the demands on us is not as great as it was on 1st century Christians. When I read Luke 14 about, about loving him more than I love my family. When I read Luke 14 and I read and he says, I want to love Christ more than I love my own life. When I read Luke 14, I understand him saying that not only must I put Christ before my family, before my own self, but I must take up my cross daily to follow him. The significance of those words does not have the same meaning as it had when Jesus made those statements. Let me show you why. Because we live in... A secularized society where Christianity is not as demanding now as it was during the lifetime of Jesus Christ. There is a German Lutheran writer by the name of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And Bonhoeffer wrote a book called The Cost of Discipleship. And Bonhoeffer in that book argues that that as Christianity spread after the first century, the church became more secular, accommodating to the demands of obedience to Jesus to the requirements of society. And, And what Bonhoeffer said in that book is, the world was Christianized and grace became its common property. And what Bonhoeffer really tried to say is folk today rely on the grace of God to save them so much that Christians have not made commitments to Christ because Christians are saying they can be saved by the grace of God without a commitment. And von Hofer called that cheap grace. And he said cheap grace is the grace we bestow on ourselves. Cheap grace is the preaching of forgiveness without requiring repentance. Cheap grace is baptism without Church discipline. Cheap grace is communion without confession. Cheap grace is grace without discipleship, grace without the cross, grace without Jesus Christ living and being incarnate in our lives. What, What Bonhoeffer is really trying to say is, folk today want salvation without suffering. That, that folk today want a church without making a commitment. What, what Bonhoeffer is really saying is, folk today want rewards without the responsibility. That we want comfort without crisis. We want a crown but no cross. We, we want blessings, but we don't want the burdens that come with the blessings. And, and what Bonhoeffer is really trying to say is, we want grace, That don't cost us anything. But I came to say this morning, anything worth having is going to cost you something. And anything cheap ain't good, and if it's good, it ain't cheap. I'm going to say that one more time. Anything good is not cheap, and anything cheap ain't good. And I think we need to understand, that we need to understand that from A to C, that if it's good, it's not going to be cheap. And if it's cheap, it's not going to be good. And if you want a crown, you got to realize before you get the crown, you've got to have a cross. You want salvation, there has to be some suffering. If you want to be a member of the Lord's Church, you have to go and you have to make a commitment. But but because being a disciple of Jesus Christ means that we have to go through something. Costly grace is the gospel which must be sought again and again. This is Bonhoeffer. It's the gift which must be asked for. It's the door at which a man must knock. Such grace is costly because it calls us to follow. And it's a grace because it calls us not to follow a man, just a mere man, but it calls us to follow Jesus Christ. In other words, when you become a Christian, when you become a member of the Lord's church, you're not following dust that was made, a man made from dust, flesh and blood. You're following a man who was with God and he became a man. See, my my, my commitment is not to another man. My commitment is to Jesus Christ. And Bonhoeffer says that real grace is costly because it costs a man his life. And it is grace because it gives a man the only true life. For you and I to be a member of the church of Christ, Jesus had to die. He had to give his life. He had to die, not expire uh, uh, by natural causes. He, He didn't die from the flu. He didn't die from pneumonia. He didn't die from cancer. He didn't die from diabetes. He didn't die from a heart attack. He died by crucifixion. It cost him something. And for you and I, it cost us something. To be a member of the church. And when Christ calls a man, he bids him to come and die. That's really what Jesus is saying in this text. Following Jesus is costly, but it's also rewarding. Notice what the text says. There were great multitudes with him. And he turned and said unto that great multitude, if any man come to me and hate not his father, mother, wife, children, brethren, sister, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciples. Jesus gives two conditions of discipleship, but it's demonstrated in three ways. Two conditions, demonstrated in three ways. The first condition is a call to allegiance. And the second is a call to obedience. The Lord is saying to them and speaking to us that if we are going to be followers of him, we have to be loyal. And not only must we be loyal to Christ, we must be obedient to Christ. In other words, it's not rocket science church. Hmm. To be a follower of Jesus, he's asking us to be loyal and obedient. Obedient and loyal. And he says in these two verses, verse 26 and verse 27, you show your allegiance and you show your obedience in three ways. Number one, love Christ more than your family and yourself. Number two, make a public display of your commitment. And then number three, and we'll get to that tonight, don't trust your possessions. Y'all got time for this? Because what the Lord is trying to do, he's saying, I need some folk I can depend on. What I'm getting ready to do calls for average people to do some above-average things. Yes, w- what I'm getting ready to do, I need some ordinary people. Yes, but these ordinary people will be able to do extraordinary things if they, number one, put me before everybody else. Yes. Y- y- y'all gonna get quiet on me. I, I, I see this right now. Y'all won't get quiet. Yes, Jesus is saying, in this text that some people will come to him and their some will come after him read the text now he says if any man come to me he and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters and yea his own life in verse 26 But then in verse number 27, he said, And whosoever does not bear his own cross and come after me. In other words, some of us are in a place where we're coming to Jesus. And then others are following after Jesus. He's really saying the same thing. If, If there's any difference in what he's saying, Coming to Jesus stresses entering into a relationship, while coming after Jesus refers to the pursuit of that relationship. In other words, what he's saying is those who are coming to Jesus have the first makeup in their mind that if you and I are going to be a disciple of Jesus, he has to come first before everybody else in our lives. The Lord is not really saying, hate your uh, family. He's not saying to dislike your daddy or dislike your mother. He's not telling husbands to dislike their wives and children. He's not telling siblings to have animosity among one another. That's not what the Lord is saying. What the Lord is really saying, and, and keep in mind, in the first century, what did it mean to be a disciple of Jesus? What it meant in the first century, if you obey, if you follow Jesus and then obey the gospel folk in your own house may turn against you. If you decided to be a follower of Jesus, then you are turning your back on pagan gods. If you decide to be a follower of Jesus, you can't have a wife and a side chick on the side. If you become a follower of Jesus, you can't beat your children when you get mad at them. If you become a follower of Jesus, you can't fall out with your brother in your family and your sister in your family because your daddy died and didn't leave a wheel. Y'all ain't telling me either. To, to be a follower of Jesus in the first century meant that folk that you live with under the same roof would start treating you different because you have made up your mind to follow Jesus. Y- y- y'all will not hear this. It, it's too hard for y'all this morning. I see y'all. It's too hard. It's too hard. In the first century, it meant that, look, you got to love your family less and love Jesus more. Yes, yeah, no, see, that, 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 meant, that meant that if a Christian, if a woman became a Christian in the first century, her husband would go to the temple on the Sabbath day, but she would go to church on the first day of the week. What kind of tension is that? There's some tension if one person is going to to the synagogue and the other person is meeting with Christians. Now, y'all, y'all ain't feeling it yet. There's got to be some tension in the house. if Sunday morning that, that, that you leaving somebody in the house. But Jesus is saying you have to love him so much that you are willing to leave an unsaved, uncivilized, y'all going to help me here? Don't want to do right person in the house, but don't allow that person, your loyalty to that person, to hold you back from serving Jesus. Put the Lord first. Uh, are y'all seeing that? In other words, in other words, uh, Brother Boy and I took a ride this morning. We took a ride this morning, and and, and, and we were driving this morning. And I noticed this, Brother boy, we, we we were driving down uh, Riverdale, and we went into Olive Branch, and we passed a golf course, and we passed a golf course. And I said to Brother Boy, "You see those fellas over there? They 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 ain't thinking about coming to church." Church ain't on their mind. What's on their mind is getting a par, getting a birdie, or getting a, a, a hole in one. They, they trying to count their stroke. Here we are, dressed up, uh, 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 left the building, take care of some business, and, and we coming back to Bible class. See, some folk, when it comes, not only must you put Christ before your family, you got to put Christ before yourself. That means there's some personal interest you may have. The folk we saw this morning uh, put golf before Christ. Y- y'all ain't hearing me here L- Let me show you how the devil works. The devil, the devil works. T- now I want to do you, some folk will play golf on Sunday morning. They go fishing on Sunday morning. And, and see, the, and then the devil, he's so slick. He just won't put golf and fishing. He start dealing with your children. Now children, got they got soccer on Sunday morning. They got AAU basketball games on Sunday morning. And and, and you got a conflict, you got to compete with with, with golf, you got to compete with fishing, you got to compete with soccer, you got to compete with AAU. And and, and what we need is some folks who are loyal to Jesus. And And what Jesus is saying is, I need the kind of folk. I want the kind of folk. I desire the kind of folk who will put me first before family and before their own interests. Now, now y'all, y'all ain't got it yet because, because, see, my week ain't going to go good if it don't start with Jesus. See, 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 I, I want my week to go well and I want my week to go better than well but you gotta start it off with Jesus. And then you gotta plan Jesus during that week. And, and, and you gotta put, and, and this, this is what he's saying. What Jesus is saying here is, is, is in all the words, I need some folk, before you decide to come to me, put me before your family. Before you come to me. You gotta put Christ before your own life. I'm gonna show you in a minute how, how we can do that. Then there are folk who come after Jesus. They have entered a relationship with Jesus. And they don't have a problem making the commitment to be loyal to Jesus, but. After you get in that relationship, you have to keep the loyalty. You have to keep the fire burning. You have to keep the commitment level high. You remember when Jesus wrote to the seven churches of Asia in Revelation chapter 2, and the church of Ephesus, he commended them for the good thing they had done. Then Jesus said, but I have something against you. You lost your first love. You lost that zeal. You, you lost that zeal. And I, I can tell when we start losing that zeal because the alarm clock will go off on Sunday morning. And we'll roll over and say, I'll get up in 15 more minutes. 15 minutes end up being 30 minutes. 30 minutes end up being 45 and then 45 I means that, that we we show up late and, then, and then, then we start saying things like this. Well, well, it ain't important if I get there on time. It's just important that I get there. Are y'all hearing me here? Yeah. And, and then we start, and, and then we start telling ourselves, well, I ain't got to get there on time, just as long as I get there, and they ought to be happy I get there. It ain't about us being happy. It's about making the Lord happy. I want y'all to look at this thing. What if the Lord said, uh, when, when God got ready to send Jesus down here, the diaphragm said, well, when I get ready, I'll come. Right, give me 15 more minutes. Uh, are y'all with me? See, in the first century, if you followed Jesus, it meant there was some tension in your own house. And not only are there, would there be tension in your own house, there's going to be tension in your heart. Sometimes you've got to deal with yourself. Amen. If, 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 I'm a, if I'm a disciple of Jesus, then that means I'm loyal to him. I, 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 I'm putting my life on the line to serve him. Then, then, then he says, what is discipleship? Not only is, it a, not only is it a call to allegiance, but it's a public display of obedience. In verse 27, and whosoever doeth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Now Jesus used some powerful words, forceful. Cannot be. Jesus said, look, 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 I, I'm going to break this thing down to you. There's two conditions. You can show it three ways. If you're not willing to publicly display your loyalty to me you cannot be my disciple Then he uses the cross to show his followers how they should publicly display their allegiance to him when the Roman empire crucified a criminal the victim was often forced to carry his cross part of the way to the crucifixion site. Carrying the cross through the heart of the city was supposed to be an admission that the Roman Empire was correct in the sentence of death that was imposed upon the criminal. And when the criminal carried his cross through the city, the criminal by carrying that cross is publicly saying to folk in the street, folk looking out the window, folk standing at the door, yeah. that the Roman government is right and the criminal is wrong. Y'all missed it. Yeah. Yeah. Yesterday, um, yesterday, no, Friday, um, I was driving down Winchester and uh, the firemen, had blocked traffic because they were honoring this fireman who had died in the line of duty. And they had the fire truck blocking traffic. Traffic was backed up. People were standing, uh, had their cell phones. They were videoing, taking pictures. I think I saw a TV camera. And all of the firemen were dressed, and they were standing uh, as a regiment in front of the fire station and, 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 and people sh- were, were looking at them and, and they were, sh- some looking at the, from their cars. some had gotten out of their car and they were standing on, on the sidewalk looking across the street at this public display of fire. But I came to say when Jesus told his followers to take up their cross and follow him, what Jesus is saying is I don't need anybody following me who is a mm-hmm. But I want folk who have the courage to walk through a cruel crowd with their cross and letting folk know that God is right and they are wrong. Y'all missing it here. When you become a child of God What you are saying to God and what you are saying to yourself and what you are saying to the world that God is right and you and I have been wrong and you're letting the whole world know that you are now submitting your life to Jesus Christ see, see we, we we take this cross bearing thing out the wrong way we take it to be like pain and suffering and the more I suffer the more spiritual I am no, that, that's part of it but what bearing your cross is all about is you are publicly displaying to your co-workers you are publicly displaying it to your neighbors you are publicly displaying that God was right and you were wrong and just like Jesus Jesus died on the cross, you have died to sin by following him. Y- y'all going to get quiet on your head. Paul said it like this in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yes, not I, but Christ that lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. In other words, Paul said... I know what kind of man I used to be. I know the bad things I did. I know how I struggled and persecuted the church. I was against everything that Christ was for, but he loved me. He gave himself for me. He died for me, and now I die for him. Paul is saying, I ain't ashamed to let you know I'm crucified with Christ. Just like he died on the cross, I die daily. There's places I want to go that I don't go no more. There's things I want to do I don't do no more. I don't live for myself, but I live for the man who gave his life for me. He loved me. He loved me. He died for me. And now I live for him. Some try to ignore the cross, and some will disgrace the cross, and some are ashamed of the cross, but I came to say, you and I need to show the world the cross every day some refuse the cross and some reject the cross but I came to say you and I need the cross in our life and we need to pick up this cross to follow him because I read in Hebrews 9.27 without the shedding of blood there is no remission. I read in Luke 9.22 that the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be slain and raised the third day. I I read Romans 8.3, for what the law could not do is that it was weak through the flesh. God sent his own son in the likeness of sinful man uh, in sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. I need the cross because I read in 1 Corinthians 118, for the preaching of the cross is of them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it's the power of God. I need the cross of Jesus Christ. I I need to be reminded that an innocent man suffered for the guilty. I need to be reminded that he was stretched wide, dropped low, and then cropped up high. I need to be reminded that they put nails in his hands. and put nails in his feet. I need to be reminded that that was no cakewalk for the Lord, but he suffered. He bled. He died. So you and I can live, and all he's asking us to do is pick up our cross Amen. and let somebody know. That God was right, and we are wrong. At last, and did my Savior bleed, and did my Sovereign die? Would He devote that sacred head for such a worm as I? But drops of grief can never repay the debt of love I owe. Here, Lord, I give myself away. Here's all that I can do at the cross. At the cross. Where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away, it was there by faith I received my sight and now I'm happy all the day. I came to say this morning, you and I need the cross of Jesus and we need to pick up our cross and follow him. Quit whining, quit complaining. Quit being depressed because ain't none of us been stretched wide, dropped low, cropped up high, nailed foot in our hands. Take up your cross. Say amen, somebody. Take it up. And coming to church ain't no big deal. Coming reading your Bible ain't no big deal. Take up your cross. At last indeed, my Savior believed. He died, brother boy, for me. Man, I don't even know if I'm coming or going. But he died for me. I make mistakes, but he died for me. I make bad judgments, but he died for me. Some morning, I ain't in my right mind, but he died for me. Don't that mean something to you? And all he said now is, take up your cross. Take, it up, take it up. up your cross. Show the world. That God is right and you are wrong. And see, they tried to shame the criminal through the city. But Jesus said, if you are ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. Man, I'm glad to be a Christian. Ain't nothing like a Christian. Say amen, somebody. I'd rather be an old-time Christian than anything I know. Is that alright? I want to be a cross-carrying Christian. I I I want folks to know. I even thought about Riley after I put this letter together, I'm going to buy me a necklace and put my cross around my neck. I want folks to know, yeah, somebody by the name of Jesus died for me. But not only did he die, but the good news, he got up. He got up. He got up. And following Jesus is risky business. But it's rewarding, y'all. Man, it's a, re- a rewarding that thing. If you can just see the end. If you can just see the end. If you just get past what you want to do. Get past what your plans are. Get past your priorities. Get, get, get past, I don't feel like it. Get, get, get past, I'm tired of hearing this. Get, get, get past all of that and see the reward. See, see, Jesus kept in mind, I know what they gonna do to me. I know the pain. I know I gotta suffer. I know I gotta hurt. But my mind just ain't on Friday. My mind is on Sunday morning. They can kill me. They can put me in the grave. But the grave ain't gonna hold me. Because on Sunday I'm getting up. And I'm looking for that getting up there say amen boy what keeps me going here, there's going to be a getting up day Blake. there's going to be a getting up day so I come every Sunday I, if I'm in my uh, good health I come back Sunday night I, I'm coming midweek I'm trying to win some soul because I'm thinking about that getting up day I, I, I'm not thinking about right now I'm not thinking about how tired I am I'm not thinking about my back hurting my hip hurting my knee hurting everything hurting but I, I keep in mind what he did for me Y'all ain't hearing me this morning. Man, man, there's so much, so many parts of my body hurting now. Go to bed with a headache. Wake up with a headache. Get out of the bed. I can't jump out the bed no more. I got to sit on the side of the bed. Then I'm rubbing my knee. Rubbing my hip. Then I'm stretching my fingers. And that's before I get out the bed. Are y'all with me now? But one day, that getting up morning ain't no more stretching. Ain't no more rubbing the knee. Ain't no more feeling my back because won't be no more pain and no more death. It's risky business, but it's worth the risk. Being a Christian, being a disciple is worth the risk. If he give me 50, 60, 70, 80 years down here, man, I can serve him. Because he's going to give me the rest of my life of no more pain, no more suffering, no more tears, no more funerals, no more burials, no more doctor visits, no more prescription drugs, no, no more heartbreak. Somebody ought to be shouting right about it now. No, no more children making my blood pressure go up. No, 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 no more car breaking down. Say amen somebody. No, no, no more AC going out at the house. No, no more mlg and W light bill. No, 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 no more snow. No more. I mean, it's worth the risk to be a disciple of Jesus. Now, when you come to him this morning, come to him by faith. Just believe it. Just believe that what he said, he gonna do. If he said it, he gonna do it. I, yeah, thank you, Sister Jones. I need some most of the Joneses in here. Yeah, yeah. If he said it, he gonna do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The president may not do what he said. But if Jesus said it, he gonna do it. Am I right, Sister Crusoe? He gonna do it. He gonna do it. He gonna do it. He gonna do it. And you come to him by faith. Come to him repenting of your sins come to him confessing that he is God's son. Come to him and you are baptized. When you come out of that water, you can come after him. You have entered into a relationship by coming to him. Now you maintain that relationship by coming after him. In other words, wherever Jesus is, is where you ought to be. Yeah. Wherever he is, is where you ought to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and, and, you know, I think the Lord was helping me with my sermon. Jesus ain't on that golf course. Now, he ain't on that golf course. He ain't ain't on that golf course. Them fellas, they ain't thinking about Jesus. They need to be thinking about Jesus. I, you know, woke up this morning with my mind, stayed on Jesus. I woke up this morning with my mind, stayed on the Lord. That means I'm following after him. And where he leads, I will follow. Ain't that good news? Yeah, wherever he leads. Not not, not, now, I say where he leads. I'm going to follow. And that's all Jesus said. That's all he trying to say. Look, I I want y'all to come. And and I got something in store for you. But But look, when you decide to come to me, love Christ more than family and yourself. And then take up that cross, publicly display your obedience and loyalty to Jesus Christ. Let me tell you this. When you do that, the Lord, I know this is right. Man, look, Matthew 11, 28 to 30. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Point number one. You know why some folks don't have no rest? They haven't. Came to Jesus. I just told you if he said it, he gonna do it. What he said now, if you come, and I'm gonna give you rest, y'all miss your shout. See, if you can't rest, it's because you have not come to Jesus. Then he says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I'm meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest in your soul, for my yoke is easy. And my burden in life. Listen, when you follow Jesus like he wants you to follow, you're going to have problems, but you can go to sleep at night because pretty soon he's going to take care of the problem. Man, man listen, there's some folk giving you the blues. You come to Jesus. And then the Lord will start giving that person the blues. Y'all missing it here. I mean, it's the best deal in town. Come to him, follow after him, and he'll take care of you. Will you come? Let's stand. let The song of the curse. Will you come? Will you come? Will you come?